games. They were Cubs, dude. I mean, I, I like baseball well enough, but I'm not like a baseball historian by any means. It's funny because you're one of the rarities. Like a, a dude that's into baseball. But just kind of if it's on. Yeah, it's, it's just into baseball. Yeah, I, I don't follow it. Everybody else I know that's into baseball is into baseball. And if I had named, if I would have said Bill Matt, like, oh, yeah, 73 to 78, Chicago Cubs played, blah. RBI. I'm like, how the fuck? If I even put half of that information in my brain, I wouldn't remember my children's name. Right. I'm kind of the same way with video games, too. Mm-hmm. Like, I like to play video games, but I cannot play video games for, like, more than an hour at a time. Has like, it always yeah. been the truth or just recently? Well, I mean, generally speaking, within, like, the last 10 years or so, like, yeah, they're fun for a minute. And then mm-hmm. I get very, very bored with them. Like, I can't follow video games. I'm not keeping up on all this shit. Mm -mm. Just like baseball. Like, I couldn't tell you who's doing well in the standings. Not a clue. But if I see some baseball, I'm going to watch that baseball. Mm Mm-hmm. God damn it. I was watching a video the other day because, you know, I'm an old guy and, you know, that's what we do. Hey, dude, look at that cute video on the TikTok. Some pornography? Yeah. But I was watching the Savannah Bananas. You ever see those Again, sounds like pornography. It is, baby, but it's it's baseball pornography. No, it's like Harlem Globetrotters, but baseball, but they're actually playing baseball, but they do weird shit like dance into fucking breaks. and. Goddamn right. So it's like old-time baseball. Yeah, and it's fucking fun. It's <laughs> Where you'd see, like, John Crook smoking a cigarette. Well, yeah. Or, like, the outfielder, like, hey, can I get a bite of your hot dog? Mm-hmm. Just weird shit. But this is like actually choreographed dances. Like all of a sudden they'll do the YMCA, and then after the C he'll pitch the ball. You oh know, hell yeah, dude! You know just shit like that, or you know everybody's twerking in the outfield, you know trying to distract. But they actually do play baseballs. It's not like they're playing the Senators every week, you know. Right, but even so, I mean, hats off to the Harlem Globetrotters. That is some of the most entertaining shit that you can ever see. Oh hell yeah! Like I do find that kind of shit just remarkably entertaining mm-hmm. like oh look at him flip that ball around look at him go that's Absolutely. really cool man i didn't know you could bounce a ball that good <laughs> hats off to you sir i love when they do that shit with soccer balls too just like all, all of a sudden you think you're doing one thing and you know how they do that like street based or basketball yeah like you know where they're fucking people up and, yeah like three on three bullshit yeah yeah I love it when they do that shit with soccer because nobody's using hands and shit's, people are just going 10 different directions. It's amazing. The one thing, and I don't know <clears> how <throat> actually hard it is to do. I mean, I obviously couldn't do it, but the hockey players that, like, while shooting a penalty shot can do the weird thing where they spin around in the circle and pick the puck up with the stick. And essentially, rather than, like, slap shot it in, just kind of, like, lacrosse throw it. Yes. That amazes me every time. It's the coolest fucking thing. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, that, that's cool. Well, we were talking about it during the baseball episode. Anybody who can do... I, Even it, mild feats of physicality yeah. blows my mind. Well, it's like being in the kitchen, and I, I've got... I don't have excellent knife skills, but I got... I, you know, I'm, I'm a fair guy on a chopping board, right? But you watch somebody that's, you know, has got the fucking touch. And I don't care what they're cutting. I don't care if I like this person, don't like this. If they're at work, I'm fucking drawn and fascinated. I can't not look at that. Mm-hmm. Just anything with that much of a practice technique is, I just love watching it. Like, uh, fuck, I forget where it was. It was some, like, Southeast Asian country. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, watch this guy break down, like, this jumbo watermelon in, like, four seconds. Oh, yeah. You're like, Jesus fucking Christ, man. I would cut my arm off. Not even a finger. Like, I'd somehow catch an entire arm in that. Well, 
I didn't have to. And I'm pretty good with a knife. And I used to love that too when I was a little kid. They used to chop mangoes. The guys with the elotes, they'd have the, like the ice cold mangoes and the fucking the pineapple ice or the pineapple popsicles and shit. And you watch them fucking just just peel and slice and perfectly like put on a plate in like a second. They're just and I wish I could have slowed it down in real time because I wanted to see the movement. Uh But it was like it's like watching juggling with a machete. Uh-huh. Like, fuck me running, dude. Quick sidebar, though. Mm. Mangoes, perhaps the most delicious of the fruits. If you get a good one. Yes. You get a really, really good mango. Mm-hmm. Fuck me, my man. It you know, is fantastic. More, yeah, for me, though, I've got to have mangoes either two kind of ways. They either have to be ice cold, like ice cold and fresh chopped for me because I'm a lazy fuck. Or, like, cooked into something like, uh, you know, like like black beans and mango with with black and chicken or you know something like that but just a regular old mango room temperature even if even if it was prepared for me i don't like it it's weird well don't like it or just would rather have it a different way oh i'll still eat it yeah i guess you're right um it's just a weird texture and kind of sticky and yeah i mean make a little mango salsa put it on some fish well, yeah, but again, it's in a different form. It's not just a piece of mango in your mouth. Yeah, I guess so. so well, speaking, weirdo of weirdos, speaking of weirdos grilling fish, hey, everybody, welcome to Horror Vomit, where we talk about horror movies so you don't have to. Hi. My name is Chris Faff, and I am one of your hosts. And I am a confused James Marino, and I am the other one of your hosts. It took me a second to catch that analogy. I'll be all right. Yep. Uh, that was a, a little preview of a scene for... Nobody, because nobody will end up watching this. No. Although they, I do believe that they should. And we are talking about 2022's The Ones You Didn't Burn. Mm-hmm. Written and directed by Elise Finnerty, starring Nathan Wallace as Nathan, Jenna Rose Sander as Mira, and writer-director Elise Finnerty as Alice. Mm-hmm. So, true to our word, we are staying away from anything nearing uh, major motion pictures. We're going wicked indie this week. Mm-hmm. And now, although the the Writers Guild is out of mediation at this point, so their aspect of the strike is over, I guess, bar a few signatures. Right. But our brothers in the Actors Guild... And uh, hopefully soon to be the special effects mm-hmm. since and, they just voted to unionize. And one of the things I will talk about just real quick is a lot of people see the entertainment industry and, and put these huge dollar signs. That's for the, that's for the uh, wicked few. It's almost like, uh, it's almost like uh, being in the pro leagues. You know, you see million dollar contracts, but what's getting hurt are the ham and eggers. The, you know, the guys who, you know, we have a speaking part here, a little working part there. Just do some dinner theater on the side and do some extra work for cash. Yes, from what I understand, ninety uh, percent of the members of SAG don't make enough to qualify for the health insurance. Yep, which is twenty six thousand dollars. Yep. So these are the people that are getting hurt the most. The people that make most of these movies happen. I mean. It, from where these people, for all of these people, the, the stars that we thought, you know, the big talents as we call them, yeah, wouldn't have a movie to act in. No, it just wouldn't be there because every industry thrives on the just worker workers, actors, writers, everybody, you know, and and they're the ones getting hurt the most. So, 
until that is, until that is resolved, we're going to still continue to stand for that. And that's exactly why we're doing movies like the ones you didn't burn. Absolutely. So, hey, James, Mm -hmm. I got a question for you. You sure do. They're jambalaya, Jim. Mm -hmm. Big old fuck pot, yeah. Teehee. Hey. Yes. Hey, you. Yes. Hey, how'd you like the ones they didn't burn? Oh, it was I. You know, I even after the second watch when I like was resetting because I when I when I started this I started this movie with an anger that had nothing to do with the movie. So, you know, you, you start a movie with a little hate on it. So it's hard to work that down a it, little bit. It really is. There have been a few times when I've gotten into something where, like, I'm just in a bad mood and, all right, I'm going to try this out because I heard it's good. And I have that secret part of me that, like, I'm not going to like this. Mm-hmm. And then I end up not. And then there are the occasions where I have to go back and go, okay, I need to give this a fair shake. You heard me kind of like it in real time, actually. <laughs> you know? Because, like, when I walked in the door, I'm still kind of, okay, it's starting to get good. I see this. I see what you're doing there. I, I get you, movie. I see you. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, it was all right. Yeah. There were parts of it that I really, really liked, and there were parts of it that irritated me a lot. But that that's, again, that's just, I notice weird things. And, and if I notice them enough, then I just get irritated. Right, but I do want to bring up, mm-hmm. this is debut feature mm. for Elise Finnerty. F- debut writer, director, actor, and filmed during COVID, apparently. So she did a lot of also just behind-the-scenes things. This is effectively her movie, and for somebody to get a movie made is very, very difficult in the first place. Mm-hmm. And for your debut with shoestring budget, basically a location Mm -hmm. to put out the movie that they did. I think it's a phenomenal accomplishment, James. Okay. Let me, let me then read my statement. Okay. And especially for one specific reason, Hmm. I don't think there's a lot of fat on this movie and Mm -hmm. that's why it is 70 minutes. It's about an hour 10. I don't, don't need this to be 90 minutes. They came in, told their story and left without overstaying their welcome. And man, you can say what you want about, Oh, well they just didn't have another 20 minutes. Don't care. Didn't need it. Mm-mm. Perfect. In fact, I, I would have oddly liked this about 10 minutes shorter, just like at 60 minute mark. Yeah. That would have been fine too. Because I think that would have pointed this movie. All. I mean, we, we, I, I'm sure everybody knew what was happening by about 15, 20 minutes. And okay, I get what's going to happen. Yep. Again, it, it kind of didn't matter. Um, what I was going to say to reamend is my statement is uh, it was all right. I use that on the scale that on all the movies we watch. It's all yes, right. Yes, yes, okay. Yes. For what it is, it's fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. Okay. So in my head, let's say I think of directorship as, okay, I've acquired this property. I've acquired this written thing. And I got this actor, this actor, this actor. You know, you know what I mean? And that's one thing. And yeah. it's an amazing thing because you, you pick these things. You did these things that your vision, whatever. But to produce, write, direct, and act in, have all everything on that and come up with this, which is I against, wow, okay? 
That's saying something. That's mm-hmm. that is high praise. I is high praise. Yeah, because this is no like impedigor. Exactly. But very few things are. <laughs> very few things can be. Exactly. So yeah, I, I mean, working on that scope because the things that irritated me about this movie are, again, just me noticing weird shit. Right. And that's just me. Um, objectively. I really did enjoy this movie, and there was more to it than I would have originally thought could have been in this movie. And one of the things that I think... I wouldn't want to diagram that sentence that I just said. (laughs) Yeah, I I was moving on. But one of the things that I think really, really shines through in this film, I don't think there's a bad performance in this. No, not at all. I mean, you could say what you want about, I think her name's Scarlet. Mm Mm-hmm. But she's supposed to be quiet and weird. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's a flaw. I, I didn't even think about that. I, I thought, um, except for me, just seeing different things that aren't really there in right. the movie. I, I thought it was exactly what it needed to be. It, it was exact. There was. I didn't think there was a wrong note in any of the portrayals. Oh, and just as far as you know, praising her for what she's already done. Elise Finnerty as Alice. Mm-hmm. Every time she is on screen is. Fucking fantastic. Mm-hmm. She is a wonderful actress. Absolutely. That's what grabbed me, because I didn't know that she was the writer-director when I first watched this. I was like, man. Okay, I'm just putting that all together now. Yeah, that redhead that yeah, worked yeah. on the farm, what was her name Alice? Man, that actress was really good. Who was she? Yeah. Oh, she did everything for this. <laughs> okay, now now that you have cleared that up, because in <clears throat> my head, it was, it was Mira. No. No, I'm just saying, in my head... It, yeah. When you said, oh, it's the writer-director woman, oh, it has to be Mira. Obviously, due to the portrayal right. of that character, because that portrayal of that character made me think, oh, that has to be the writer-director, blah, blah, blah. No, the redhead. Yeah. So here's me liking this movie more in real time again. Yeah, and she is just, when on screen, she is a force. Mm-hmm. And it's not because, like, her character is, I don't want to say, like, pushy, but she's very assertive. Yes. And she, the, just the way she conducts herself, the way she holds herself in all of these shots, mm-hmm. the being very assertive, man, it is fucking incredible. Like every time she, I can't state this enough, every time she is on screen, like, man, she is a delight. And I want to see everything that she is doing. Well, you know what's funny? <coughs> is in, during, when I was in the service, I learned something I, I had no idea people did. But there are things called, um, command posture, assertive posture, aggressive posture, and how you sit. So some of the things that she was doing when she was talking, like not moving her head, using very small gestures. Um, When she talked to Mira, a light touch. Mm -hmm. Not quite familiar, but not quite strange, you know? Yeah. Um, all, All showed authority, yet sympathy. And uh, all of those things were portrayed amazingly. So, you know, going into that, you know, I, I, didn't, I didn't really have a time to get into minutia. One of the things that sucks about me is it takes me a minute to process. So <laughs> I love the fact that I am processing this now. This is amazing. So it's a it, little better night. You know, it's a little better night. Say, and, I mean, Nathan's performance is fucking fantastic. Mira's really good. The, the secret, though, the secret sauce, hmm. Greg. 
Greg. The scumbag friend. Oh, yeah. Greg fucking rules. That actor is doing a spot-on job, because this is set in, like, rural upstate New York, I believe. Massachusetts, isn't it? I think it's in New York. I thought they said they were in Massachusetts for some reason. They were from Massachusetts. Oh, okay. The, but the but that would... Yeah, okay, yeah, but if they were slaughtered on this farm, I assume that they were in... That's still, still that same state. I, I Again, I don't know. I just assume mm. either way. But yeah, rural Maine, yeah, Massachusetts, any of New those England places. area. Yeah, rural New England. Yeah, he is the perfect small town dirtbag who's never left. And he's just that fucking guy. Mm. Just a total skis bag. And I love him every time he's on screen. You, you know what they reminded me of is... Those two guys reminded me of 1982. And I'm not talking about just small town. I'm talking about everywhere, USA. That was it. Exactly the same amount of drinking drugs and bullshit in the same denim jackets and the same fucking gimme caps and the same everything. That was 1982. And I think part of what makes Greg so good is the writing itself because his dialogue sequences, Mm -hmm. while some of the shit that he's saying is really super Mm off-putting, and, I mean, you can say what you want about that, but he is, that is a very accurate portrayal of these small-town drunken dirtbags who have never been there, Mm -hmm. never left, and sees his friend that he hasn't seen since since high school, and immediately, oh, you got to hear about the girl that I fucked that worked at the gas station. No, I, w- I want you to think about one thing. Uh, think about the authenticity of those gentlemen's conversations. Exactly. It was written by a woman. Now, a million times, a million, million times, you'll hear, can't write women, can't write women, can't write women. And we've heard oftentimes about women writers, can't write men. She fucking not only pegged men, she pegged a very specific area type. And now we could, we say Massachusetts or New England, but rural anywhere. Yeah. A rural fucking small town everywhere. Yeah, I could see this dude driving by tomorrow. Absolutely. I could see him at every gas station between here and my house. Uh-huh. So, yeah, it, it fucking pegged it. And again, the dialogue. Now that we're sitting there thinking about it objectively... She wrote this. Yeah, and it's fucking incredible. And mm-hmm. I mean, I I shouldn't say that it was all very much scripted. I mean, the actors might have oh. had uh, input on, you know, right. well, hey, I think this guy would say this instead or whatever. But just their interactions, like when but, he shows but up think at about it. apartment. think about it, she directed, produced, and wrote it. Everything was ultimately her decision. Yes. This is the direction I want. These are the words that I originally had, but if you want, let's workshop, blah, blah, blah. It's still... Everything came from her, one person. That's fucking ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Just the shot where uh, he shows up at Greg's apartment, mm-hmm. and he finally is getting him to take a drink, and he pours him this drink, and uh, uh, Nathan's staring at it, and you just hear, man, it's just a shot, you fucking pussy. Just do it. Mm-hmm. And that is every single dirtbag friend that, doesn't give a shit if you're sober. And you know the funny thing is, up until about the 25-minute 25, 25 mark, and here, my only issue is at the beginnings of this movie, okay? Um, the dream sequences seemed, eh, a little, I don't know, hat on a hat, I guess. Um, and there was the beach scene where the sister and brother were talking. See, I like that scene, and I can explain why after. Uh, I will tell you... Th- th- what they were saying 
everything made sense. But I actually, I, I rewound the scene. The first time I watched it, I was still watching it with anger. So I'm like, they're not eye-fucking each other, are they? They're fucking eye-fucking each other right now. And then I rewound it. I'm like, yes, they are. So the third time, I'm like, okay, I've calmed way the fuck down. I know I didn't see what I saw. And there was more chemistry between brother and sister than there were between Mira and her immediately immediately accepted coven buddies. I mean, I guess. <laughs> but here's what I specifically like about that scene is because it takes a very realistic turn. Mm-hmm. Because it doesn't matter, romantic or not, any sort of relationship that you've ever been in with somebody that you've known for a very long time, sibling, cousin, anyone, you can be having a very nice time and it will sometimes turn from, okay, you know, well, we can get rid of this farm. We can sell it. Mm -hmm. I'm going to help you get on your feet, whatever. And he says, well, it's not about the money. And there's that one thing that no matter in any relationship, again, romantic or not, that turns that key in your brain says, well, we should do it anyway. Well, if it's not about money, could you stop asking me? Mm -hmm. And I'm telling you, I didn't say the scene didn't ring true. I told you what bothered me about the scene. Thematically, I fucking aside, it worked. It, it was good. It was acted well and everything worked. Yeah, because he has to convince her because she has a lot of work to do or whatever. He says, well, I'm going to the beach anyway. It'd be really nice if you came. Mm-hmm. She says no again. He leaves. She catches up with him. They go to the beach. They're having a nice time. And he just says that one thing. Again, we've all had some sort of relationship with another human being where that one thing comes up and you don't need the money. You Mm -hmm. don't need the money. Well, that's great. Could you stop borrowing mine? And it just cuts right to the core. And again, the beginning part of the movie, he, he was trying, they were trying to show he was an addict and it didn't ring true. And I'm like, oh, are they going to do some more bullshit addiction story? No, I'm just saying this was my perception. I rewatched it. Eh. I didn't think it was depicted well, again, up to a certain point. And then, again, the scene at the beach was the, the turning point. See, and then, then it showed me more of a, a relationship between them and the effects of the addiction. If they would have done maybe a more emotional effect rather than say, that would have rung harder for me. See, I, I'm going to push back a little bit because I think the introduction of Nathan and Mira is actually really well directed. Because it's showing him taking a train or a bus. Doesn't matter, I forget which. And it shows Mira driving in a car while the voiceover, you know, Nathan, it's dad, it's dad, it's dad. I need you to come back to the farm. Yada, yada, oh, yeah. Oh. Before dad has died. So they show her driving in her car. She's obviously clearly successful. He is sitting at the bus station mm. with pants that don't fit correctly. He's a fucking addict who's trying to dress up and mm. doesn't have the clothes for it. Well, and again, part of my the guy looks like a, a specific type, a type of douchebag that just sets me on edge just looking at them. It has nothing to do with this guy. He can't help how he looked. Okay. Yeah. But that edged me out too much to look at his fucking clothes. I just wanted to punch him. Yeah, because he's wearing like a white sort of dress shirt and black pants that are too short. Yeah, but that's a style. No, but I mean, they're very much like it looks out of place. Uh, Because to me, it looked like a guy who had a, who had a job as a waiter and he got off shifted waiting. 
and like I don't from the context of the film, I don't think he works. No, I know. I'm just saying that's what it looked like to me, and it looked like he had that European peg pan. Oh, see, I mean, I just took it as okay. Well, he's clearly an addict because he's looking at his one year recovery coin, which. I guess you could say that's cheesy or whatever, but mm. it's still show well, don't and, tell. And the other the other cheesy thing that I said but J- is the I'm tattoo. S- but James, come on, the recovery it's tattoo. Show don't tell. <laughs> no, but come on, fucking. Well, did you want him to just say it? Because then you could have bitched about them just flat out saying it at you. Hey, look, those are the only couple bitches I got. Let, let me get them out, goddamn it. But he's looking at his recovery coin. He looks like shit. He's at a bus station while mm. his sister's driving there, and he eyeballs a bike that he clearly steals. Yeah. Because he didn't have a way to get into town. That's our introduction to this character. That's pretty good directing and inter- character introduction. It because is. Because it says a lot about who these people are before we even meet them. And again, my brain catches details, some details for whatever reason, and misses others. And I missed half of those. Like, like I, missed, I, I saw him looking at a coin. And I was watching it on my television, my big TV. But I thought it was a coin from his dad. I thought it was a, I didn't really, I must have looked away when they showed it was a recovery yeah, coin. The one year sober coin. Yeah. Because that would have, that would have hit it a little bit more for me because the behaviors didn't kind of ring real true. And again, it's a me. Um, but again, the minute, the minute um, he started using, the way they depicted him using, when the first thing he did was look for a bottle, um, a lot of people's reactions you know, whether he was using really hard or just he he smoked a little reefer and he, you know, he got drunk. Yes, that's bad. He's using. But the reactions by the people around him knowing, oh, fuck, not again. In my addict's mind, I'm like, I'm minimizing. Like, he only fucking twice. It's not like he's sitting there fucking drunk at the table. What, what What's the, you know, he's trying to maintain, I guess. His fucking dad just died. He's relapsed. He, you know, have a heart. Right, and I think... uh, But, I mean, that's what my brain was telling me, but, objectively, they were behaving the proper way. I was perceiving their behavior as aggressive because I'm a fucking addict, you know? Because I kind of had the same thought, too. Like, well, I mean, cut the guy some... But also, like, then they show him start to really hit it hard. Like, all right, well, now you fucked up. Because I do think it's, again, you can call it cheesy, but I do think, visually speaking, it does tell you a lot that there were those couple times when he woke up on the couch just holding a still full bottle Mm -hmm. while being sober, showing that, I mean, there's several times where they show him being nervous about being back in this situation, in this town, Mm -hmm. and knowing that I have to be here for this, and I kind of don't want to because he wants to leave immediately. And just knowing that he's in a bad situation as far as his sobriety goes. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, finding the coke that he's got stashed at his dad's house. Yep. <sighs> hmm. And it wasn't an accidental, oh, dear, what's this? Nope. Nope. He beelined it for that stash mm-hmm. and checked on it to make sure it was still there. And, you know, the, there was a part of this movie that initially bugged me. Remember when he went to his buddy's house the first time and you hear porn in the background? Yeah. I'm like, that happened to me one time. I knew this dude just hung out, you know, a buddy of mine. And um, I went to his house. We're hanging out. Fucking a guitar. Show him a guitar collection. In the background, there's porn on. I'm like, why the fuck is there porn on? It's just us dudes, man. What the fuck's going on? And in the back of my head, I was like, why the fuck has he got porn on? What the, what the, you know, 
No, it's just fucking, he's an addict, and fucking, he probably has a porn loop 24 hours a day, this guy. But to me, I just walked in the house, I'm like, why the fuck is there porn on the goddamn television? That's fucking weird. So, so but, fun, fun thing about porn, I mean, we all know the main use for porn. Yeah. You know the second best use for porn? To off-put people? Well, no, folding laundry. Folding laundry to porn? Well, because you don't really have to pay attention to porn. And I mean, it's still sex. So you're going to look at it. Yeah. Now, so, so you just lose yourself in folding laundry while people are just hammering away at each other. But um, it was really interesting, though, that they bookended <clears throat> that. Cut to the beach. Talk, talk, talk. Moan. There was a moan and a moan, but two completely different contexts. Mm-hmm. And, and it made sense now why there was porn on in the background. I was like, oh, and the, and you probably heard. I see what you did. Yeah, I got you. Oh, you movie. I got yeah. Hell yeah. I see you now. I see you. Mm-hmm. And I mean, <clears throat> as long as we're talking about performances too, my God, I usually do not care for monologues mm-hmm. in film or television. I bitched about it constantly during Mike Flanagan's Haunting of Hill House. Mm-hmm. That speech that Mira gives, or the monologue she gives after they take acid. Mm-hmm. Good God, it's really good. Because, I mean, somebody, as being somebody who has taken hallucinogens, mm-hmm. that is a realistic reaction to a pretty low dose of acid if you have never done drugs before. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And absolutely, and, and if it's the first time you've ever disassociated, that feeling of aloneness, you know, it, it's 100% real the first time it ever happens to you. Uh-huh. And no matter how many times you take it again, you can't quite get that feeling. Not that you want it, but you do. But, you know, it was just like the, that first, and I'm like, oh, fuck, they got that too, yeah. Mm-hmm. That realization that she kind of feels like she's almost wasted her life. Uh-huh. Being the professional, being somebody who is not obsessed with, as per her words, not obsessed with money, mm-hmm. but just appreciates its value and has always put a career forward. Mm-hmm. You can tell she's not very much fun. Yeah. To see somebody like that take hallucinogens and have a pretty realistic reaction because there was no like swirling camera. It wasn't no. the, a trippy ass scene. It was an actor portraying this incredibly well. Yeah. And, and, and there was a cadence to everything that they did. Uh, I, real susceptible to cadences, you know, and the way she was breathing and the way the, you know, I, I, I wish I was like talented enough to time it out. Cause it, it felt musical almost that the whole performance was almost musical. Uh huh. And, and again, adding to the idea of being in another state. So even if you have never been in another state, a lot of these things will, you know, kind of disassociate you a little bit listening. It's almost like a trance music they were doing. So that was really cool too. So um, again, I, I the more I really think about this because parts of the movies are now coming to me, you know. Oh, oh, I remember this scene and this scene and this scene. You know, I I can't believe I noticed that the book ended just like that, and then it themed up one, two. Three, I think there was four times you heard the moaning, and all at important parts, and so that ties together. And then again, the depictions of addiction, the the triangle uh, triangle tattoo aside. Um, the watching of him, she's disassociating for one reason. Although she did take a hallucinogen, it's more of she's disassociating from, from her family 
or from her or from the crimes of her family. Yes. So um, then it brings it into um, male female, okay, and 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 also uh, addiction. Uh, addiction. You notice that everything happened in the path of addiction was was a negative thing with the violence, with the bat, with the choking, with the this. At no time did any of the women physically touch any of the dudes. Mm-hmm. And even in the dream sequences, well, no, in one the woman was the aggressor, but the his reaction was aggressive. So we have the so those are the negative themes with the addiction, and even with the idea of, hey, this guy didn't really kill her, didn't really kill anybody, mm-hmm. dying for no fucking reason, okay, objectively. But in the idea of this movie and how it was working, you know that that was inevitable, but. Because he was a male, he was not able to. But it was also shown the addiction. Not saying that addiction is male and the natural is female. I'm just saying that these points are all made separately. That is one of the big things that I took away from this too. Is that, I mean, it. There's a huge theme of just men that just don't fucking get it. Mm -hmm. Because it doesn't seem like uh, if they wanted to specifically kill them. They'd have been dead. They would. Mm-hmm. However, they're trying to take them on tours of the land, mm-hmm. trying to, you know, not make amends, but be civil, I guess. Mm-hmm. And Mira, when, you know, she kind of accepts them, which is why that she wasn't really targeted until, again, I don't know if the end is a whole, uh, it was a whole big ruse or not. But it's this repeating cycle of scared men who don't get it. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love it. And um, just an interesting fact, um, mira in Spanish means to look or to see. You know? So there's that added later because if you just read the name, most people would see it as Myra, you know, or Miriam, you know, short for Miriam or something, you know? But no, they specifically is Mira. Mira, Mira. That's look, a really smart. Look, I didn't see, know that. Well, you don't. You know, you, how often do you hear Spanish on a daily fucking basis? Yeah, especially from a bunch of honkies. Mm-hmm. So I, I thought that was interesting. She probably took some Spanish, and it, whether it was intentional or not, I thought it was kind of a neat little, a neat little boop. There you go. Mm-hmm. There's something if you're paying attention. So here's one thing that I wanted to talk to you about because I wasn't sure how you were going to feel about it. <clears throat> How did you feel on not a whole lot of backstory? I think that it could have either improved it if done well or fucked it completely the hell up if there had been any more. Because much like uh, John Carpenter's The Fog, Mm -hmm. I put this in the category of I don't need it. Right. Because it's all shown from the perspective of Nathan. We only know what he knows. mm -hmm. And I really love that they didn't try and build it out too much because when you start building stuff like that out is mm-hmm. when you start losing threads. And at no point during this movie is there any discernible supernatural element. Nope. Not one fucking piece. No. And that didn't I didn't occur to me until just about now. Because, again, I'm processing in real time. 
But at no point in this movie was there an overt supernatural anything. Nope. It was all in either dream sequences or, except for perhaps the very end when she's, uh, Alice is speaking in Mira's voice. But again, I don't know exactly what, we can get to what's going on in there. But you're right. Throughout all of it, even like the pulling the hair out of his mouth, mm-hmm. dream sequence. And it's because. Oh, by the way, that was gnarly most, dude. That was. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. The, I, I was pretty grossed out by that. Like, oh, man. Because. Dedication. Could, I could feel that. You know, just like. It's like you ever have a long spaghetti strand and you're not feeling well and it doesn't come all the way up. You got to pull it. Uh huh. Yeah. But times 12. And you know what that fucking had to feel like. And that. The dedication, that motherfucker had that in his mouth for that goddamn scene. And it looked, honest to God, like he was pulling it out of his fucking throat. So that it was real gross. It was gross yet fascinating. Man, that's really good. Yeah. I was like, that is commitment. Now, the actors trust you enough to allow you to film that, to try that for you. You know to try even to try it the first time to see if it can get on camera that is a level of trust and respect that you don't get very often so in order to garner that type of respect she must she must be like fucking amazing to work for yeah and one of the other things too as far as like i i didn't like it initially it was a scene that really really bothered me when he was waiting on the porch, all drunk, coked out, chain smoking with a bat, waiting for them to get back. And there's a lot of, you know, what the fuck did you say, bitch? And shut up, you cunt, and all that shit. And yeah. like, all right, movie, settle down. Cause I, nobody, I felt the same thing. But... Nobody talks like, oh, wait, no, there is a huge subset of dudes. Yeah. Dudes like this one. That are okay until they get like coked that. up. Till they get okay, till they get a little... A little the uh, Peruvian marching powder there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and e- even not just in general society. There are dudes that get that mad at women that will say shit like that. And and the funny thing is, and I know people like this that wouldn't normally do, but are looking for an excuse to let loose mm-hmm. to say those things. Like that motherfucker. It sounded like he had it. And this is again amazing acting. He sounded like he had that fucking thing chambered for a minute. Because I know I got, for for a person or two in my world, I got something chambered for them when they want to get shitty with me. Yep. I, 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 I've been practicing. Cocked and loaded, baby. Mm-hmm. And, and he gave that portrayal of a person that held that rage within so long that we're just looking for a fucking one excuse the one time. The one time it's okay to say that word to that person. And it works that way too, you know? It, one of the other things that I, I don't know a lot about this, so I, I, I'm trepidatious in bringing it up. How old do you think Nathan is? I can, he's got, I'll tell you what, and this is the same thing. I had the problem, and it's a horrible thing to say, but I do have partial face blindness. I have trouble with eye color, etc. These guys are generally the same height, the same color. Like the exact same shade, dark hair, and when they're in separate scenes, I don't know who's who. I can only tell one from the other when they're together. And part of it is, again, my face blindness, and they have similar mannerisms. They almost walk the same. And that, you know, kind of a bro mentality, kind of that frat boy walk, 
Especially, it, he doesn't have that initially. Yeah. It comes with fueling the addiction. Mm-hmm. And the other thing, the only other, and I, I hate to bring this up, but I, I, the only thing I can say about this movie, and I think it got better as it went along, was they had more time. I, I think they went into production and they didn't have all the scenes rehearsed as much as they wanted. They had more time to rehearse the later scenes, but they had to film the scenes now because the acting got exponentially better as the movie progressed and either that was a statement by the director or only because oh shit covid restrictions we got to get this in the can we didn't have we we got these down kind of but we really have to get these in and by the time they did that they had everything else more rehearsed more put together the blocking together the this the that the other you know and again that's not a horrible thing it's just something i noticed but my question yeah being does Nathan seem about the age where you would start to be impacted by perhaps a genetic mental illness? Because we don't know how long his dad's been weird. Mm-hmm. And if you are breaking down due to, uh, you know, the recent death of your father coupled with substance abuse and perhaps genetic factors, because we never hear anything about mom. Mm-hmm. I don't think she's ever brought up. Right. It's just that your dad was fucked up and he used to ramble on and on about these conspiracies. And then mm-hmm. you find a book that your dad wrote that repeatedly says they never forgot, they never forgot, they never forgot, they never <sighs> forgot. Is that going to seed some sort of belief in you? Now, I've seen a lot of um, crazy books, we'll call them, okay? In movies, depicted. Right. This one was one of I, the most innocuous yet somehow disturbing one I've ever seen. I noticed that because I really took a look at it in thinking, you know, like, oh, well, I mean, that's cool. Because in any movie or whatever, when they have that, somebody's got to sit and write all this shit by hand. But it was what you would think of as like, we'll say a New Englandy farmer mm-hmm. just writing one thing over and over and over and over. Not good drawings in it. Mm-hmm. Just some kind of drawings that mm-hmm. are there. Yeah. Just over and over and over and over and over in this kind of shitty penmanship, too. And, and it's not these equations. It's right. no talk of, they're possessed by the devil. We need to get out of here. Here's no, my manifesto. There were, it's, there were odd patterns on the page, too, where he would stop and it would go diagonally with a blank space. There'd be a blank space in the middle on another one. There'd be a blank space up near the top. And it was it was patterned, but not patterned in any pattern, if you if you hear me, you know? Yeah. It was. It's the all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. Yeah, but with with odd spaces in between that didn't need to be there. It wasn't just one straight line all the time, and sometimes it would go vertically. And it was. I was just like, oh dear, you know. It was very disturbing, and it was the simplest thing. I mean, it wasn't simple. Obviously, somebody had to do that. Even if they generated into the computer just to write the program for that, be pain in a fucking ass. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, not when you've got an evening and a notebook that you can just. That's what I'm doing this evening. <laughs> yep. Hey, you got a couple minutes? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, especially if you're making this movie all by yourself. I mean, it's mm-hmm. 11 o'clock at night. You're laying down for bed. Oh, I'll knock out 200. Mm-hmm. They never forgot. They never forgot. They never forgot. Mm-hmm. Then I'll pick it back up tomorrow at bedtime. Uh, but yeah, it, but I, I love when people use something that costs nothing but time. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, time is money, whatever, but... Honestly, when you are doing your own sweat equity for your own film, 
You know, the, the, using something that simple and making it that effective. You know, that, that, why do you think this person got this movie? Why do you think they made this movie or got somebody to believe in them enough to do Because they fucking brought the goods. Yeah, it's... And being able to effectively have it just in one location. Mm-hmm. I mean, sure, there's the, the bus stop or train stop, doesn't mm-hmm. matter. Uh, I mean, driving in a car here and there in yeah. Greg's apartment. Yeah, what do they call that, the... Uh, you know, where they just kind of set the scene and then they go to the, and then they go to whatever the place is. Yeah. You know, so, you know, they're, they're showing passage of movement. They're showing one place, boom, bus station, boom, next place, boom. And the one thing that I really appreciated, and it was one of the Establishing shot. Yeah, I was just going to say, it's one of the things that I really appreciated that I think Vampire from last week got a little bit wrong, mm-hmm. is there's not a whole lot of establishing shots. Shots. Which is fine. We know they're on a farm. You gave mm-hmm. them to us already. You don't need to keep doing it. And they didn't. Mm-hmm. It, it's really just if not, not only effective, but efficient filmmaking. Mm-hmm. And when we say like, oh, it was good because it was short. No, 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 no. It was good and it happened to be short. short. If, um, again, this movie would have done effectively if it needed to be longer. It could have done with a, quite a bit of exposition. They could have gotten more into whatever. They could have, instead of, the, you know, like I said, and I know it was a 70-minute movie, okay? But it was just like the addiction. Boom. Her switching from one side of the family that she's grown up with her whole life to these chicks. Boom. Well, I mean, they had already kind of shown the disintegration of the uh, brother-sister relationship. Right, but there's still going to be... Because I have a family with addicts and an addict. There's still a familial bond depending on how they were raised. Right. Okay. Her going, man, man fuck you, buddy. It was like in a day. Well, I mean, she doesn't really say fuck you. Pretty much she tells him like, no, you know what? I will keep the farm. I will farm it. I will do whatever. I will pay your rent with your half. That's what I will do as long as you go away. Yeah, but the, but the turn, the turn was quick because she went from... You know, we will sell it to, I'm not selling it. Well, yeah. Quick, with, with the quickness, you know, because Big Red said so. Well, yeah, I mean, that's also, you know, the bewitching. Witches yeah. do that. Yeah, they do, but... Was we it haven't a witch? really gotten too much into, yeah, by the way, they're witches. Yeah. Was it a witch? Fair. You know, and, and I love that about this, because the ambiguity... And the only evidence that we're shown is him finding old-timey pictures. Right. And you know, uh, news clipping of uh, uh, haunted or a local farm has a dark history. Right, but these are exactly you know what the tin hats can find if you want it. You know, get get you know this is back before the internet, boy. Get I I used to see these guys in the library. You know, with the fucking microfish out and making copies and you know for their John Birch bullshit or whatever you know, and. All of a sudden, you know, you see that, you know, and I think they depicted that beautifully because that could, that could either be evidence of or actual witches or <laughs> this guy, you know, two plus two made five that day because, you know. Because he's been on a real fucking yeah. bender and <laughs> his dad had been on like from what sounds like a 30 year bender. Yeah. 
And then, again, adding to the fact that it could very well be mental illness. And we're not sure until the very end when we see another perspective from, from who, who's telling this story. Yeah. You know, and, and to what end? What are they showing? Why are they showing this? From who are we seeing this from? And again, I, I, I don't care. Because outside of any evidence that's only provided by Nathan, all that we get is Alice saying, yeah, this land before your family owned it was owned by a group of women from Massachusetts. Mm -hmm. Which is either very important or it's just Just a a fact. Yeah. Could have just, yeah. Yeah. Could have just been some women. Again, and and that, the more I talk about this movie, this this has not happened in a long time, Chris. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. But usually I have seen the movie more than 10 minutes before the podcast. But I, this used to happen to me on the reg because I didn't know how to look at a movie. But I'm I'm continually, while we're talking, seeing scenes because now I'm like, oh, yeah, and this and that and the other thing. Oh, wow. So this movie is a lot better than I gave it initial credit for. Because, again, part of it was my mood. And it was, it's let's face it, it was a little pacey at the beginning. Yeah, and again, you know me, though. That is my kind of shit, where they really indoctrinate us with character shit right up top and really put us in the state of, okay, I know who these people are. But this is where it took me a minute, and this is, again, why I had to rewind again. Because I have been, I have been conditioned that the pace here it starts, the more absolutely bad shit fucking ape shit nuts it's gonna get so i'm waiting for fucking all hell to break loose i'm waiting for eviscerations and exploding heads i'm thinking of like brother and sister fighting and you know no none of that i kept the pace it was the pace was increased by not action which is what i'm used to but by themes and then added themes and then acting and then with with these little these shots that really give you a sense of place and by sense of place i don't mean specifically whatever state that was okay yeah rural cool areas now granted there's an ocean but that could have been lake michigan that could have been canada because my first initial thought was when i saw this i didn't know what country it was from i didn't read it i didn't remember that so i'm like is this because i saw uh a very pale person with with dark hair and kind of a beard and with European cut pants. And I'm trying to figure out what he's... Oh, is he a waiter? Is he Serbian? Is he Eastern... Oh, he's Irish, I think. I don't... I'm trying to put out... And then they're talking and the accent was so flat initially from everybody. It was so flat that I was reading things into it that weren't there. I was trying to place the accent that was not there because I have an ear for accents. So when you have a very flat accent, it could have been anybody from any country who learned a very, you know, learned that accent. And then I'm like, okay, it's not that. It's not that. It's America. Is it America or Canada? That was my first 10 minutes of the movie. That was my first rewind. (laughs) I'm always fascinated by how your brain works. Yeah, I missed a good 10 minutes of the movie because I was just trying to figure out where they were. Because knowing nothing about this, because in my head it's like, is this a zombie film or a witch film? You know, I knew, I usually kind of have a half-assed idea what's what I'm getting into. 
So I had that going against me, but going for me because it adds to me discovering in real time. You know what I mean? I didn't read anything else by anybody else. I didn't even know what kind of movie it was while I was watching the movie. And I didn't have time to go, what the fuck kind of movie is it? And go look it up on Wikipedia. Right. You know what I mean? I I had to endure <laughs> to figure out what kind of movie this was. Now, 15 minutes in, they kind of told you. But I'm like, okay, is this really a witch movie? I thought it was going to be a zombie movie. Is the dad coming back? I said, <laughs> still rolling. Uh, that's why I can remember so many scenes in this movie, because I think I've seen the whole thing about three times. Mm-hmm. So the last thing that I really just wanted to bring up, mm-hmm. and this is more of just me bitching about people in general. Yeah. I, I couldn't find a whole lot of ratings anywhere, but this has a four out of ten on IMDb. Which would dissuade me from watching it ordinarily. I think that is horse shit. Because, sure, it may be a little pacey. And I, I'm not a huge fan of the ending. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. But I'm never really the huge, a huge fan of the endings of movies, generally speaking. Mm-hmm. I like the ride more than, than, than the conclusion, mostly. Mm-hmm. I think this is at least a seven and a half. If not eight, because yeah. of not only the direction, but the performances oh, yeah. are out of this fucking world, man. Well, I'm going to attribute, now this is just me pulling this out of my ass, but I don't leave reviews because my first initial thought after a lot of things is, eh, mm-hmm. eh I guess, you know, maybe it's okay because it takes me so long traditionally to process it if I'm not doing this for this, like I'm actively trying to see themes in the movie while I'm watching it because I'm, I have to actively watch it to do this thing. Yeah. But on a regular movie, I might be like, mm, it might take me three or four watches or I might, and I still might not like it or think it's a hunk of shit until all of a sudden something snaps. I'm going, Oh, this is a fucking good movie. There's not a lot of people that will rewatch it to get that epiphany. They won't give it a second chance or they not actively thinking about how they're thinking. Yeah, or it didn't, it, it wasn't scary. Well, why? Because it didn't have a jump scare every eight minutes? Because something didn't pop out and go, boo! You did not see anybody's internal organs for six minutes? Yeah, no, it's it's just haunting. It it's is. It's fucking haunting. And again, d- being disturbed is a form of horror. Um, Being so uneasy that you cannot continue to sit down while you're watching a movie is horror. If this movie makes you have reactions that deeply, that's what horror is for. Mm-hmm. I, I traditionally, again, I figure one of the reasons I used to hate horror is I do not like deep emotions of any sort. Yep. They confuse and irritate me. Okay? Because James, smash emotion. Exactly. But I have found, part of it's because I'm getting older, but the other thing is that I can explore emotions in a safe environment through a horror movie. And it's not just sheer, oh my God, I'm scared. It's being comfortable with being uneasy. It's becoming more comfortable with watching deep emotion and deep feelings and, and hurts going back between people and, and emotions that you aren't usually apt to look at. 
and I, that's why I think I'm becoming a very big fan of horror. I've actually, I'm holding back from watching horror movies because I want to only do that for this. Right. But it's like a little treat. I know, but on like I've, like on most of my streaming services, <clears throat> on the kinds of movies I want to watch, done seen them all. <laughs> and then I saw you them a couple only more watch times. Priest so many times. That's true. It has not seen the it has not graced my TV in months. But that's a real shame. Yeah. Carl Urban would be very disappointed in you. But there was a Brotherhood of the Wolf viewing not too long ago. Oh man, I saw that on somewhere not too long ago. I was like, fuck, I should watch that again. That movie rules. It did, it did. But again, I, I find the reason I agree, I don't have any idea why anybody else likes this shit. But I find that I'm fascinated in it because it's a safe place to explore. Things, uh, negative things, positive things. How would I really react? How would I, how would I be honestly, you know, would I really do this or would I really do that? Would I run that way or would I run this way? Or do I, you know, how tight is my familial bond? How tight is this? Because that, you know, that was my, that was my gripe in the movie, but that wasn't the movie's fault. That was my inability to grasp why you would switch from your family, however fucked up it is that quickly right it's it's the not accepting the story that they're trying to tell and trying to insert your own story into it which yeah again is a major hurdle for a lot of people that will watch films and yet can't give up and just kind of actively view and give yourself over but to if a you movie. think about it though if the movie made me or hit me emotionally and deeply enough to put myself in there in that manner to be upset about something that really wasn't there. That's fucking something, man. That is, that's a talent. That's something that, you know, like I could recognize it as an irritation to me or I can go, fuck, not only did I feel a bunch of other stuff, I connected with this movie personally in that manner because it irritated me so much that I connected with this movie personally. The ability to do that is a rare thing. And I really, and one of the things, and this goes for a lot of the indie movies, but I'm going to bring up specifically Habit, mm-hmm. that it kind of reminds me of is that, no, this was actually like written and made by real people. Mm-hmm. And it has that just genuine air of authenticity that you don't get with a lot. Of, I mean, like some of my favorite movies, the Nightmare on Elm Street movies, none of those people act like people. Right. They're fun. Right. I love them to death, but I'm not going to sit and watch it and be in awe of how a film specifically this one made me rethink addiction as well Mm -hmm. and just realize that, Oh, well it doesn't matter how confident you are in your sobriety. Any number of things could happen at any given time and your life can spiral out of control immediately. And I also kind of pulled the message out here too. And it hit me personally too. Again, it doesn't matter why you did it. You're still a shitty person while you're doing it. And fuck the reason, you're being a shitty person. Mm-hmm. And they're showing that in that light. It's like, yeah, he, for, he's drinking for his dad died. Okay, he's doing that, but he's actively being a shitty human being. And that is a thing. Look at that. Yeah, answering the phone with Mira, what the fuck? Exactly. He's being a real fucking douchebag. 
There's no reason for him to be a fucking douchebag. Except for that he has nobody else around to lash out at. Exactly. And, and it's a familial bond, so it's comfortable. Mm-hmm. Well, old rolls, yeah. You know, back in the old town, in the old house, old rolls kicked back. Yep. I hope to never, ever, 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 ever have to go back to any, any of my places when I was younger. I'm in contact with maybe, and from my lifetime, in all my years, I'm in contact with about seven or eight people throughout that entire period. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's, ugh. Yeah, I mean, I, it's not that I don't care for a lot of the people that I've known throughout the mm-hmm. years, but I, sorry, man, I can't live that life anymore. I can't do mm-hmm. that anymore. But, and knowing that if I went back and actively put myself in that situation oh, a number of times, if I went to a specific, happen. if I went to a specific bar right now, drive six hours, go to it, boom, right there, and had a knot of money and no intention of drinking, guarantee you, guarantee you, in a week, <laughs> I'd be calling somebody for more money. Mm-hmm. No it. question. Yep. <laughs> and I'd probably owe the dope man a little bit, a little something, something. So somebody send me something quick, please. Mm-hmm. I'm a little old to be doing time. Yeah, I won't be an ass whooping. I got to explain to police what happened. No, I do not. Mm-hmm. And I mean, and I completely, like you said, when you look at it and you think, well, Mira's being a little bit harsh. All he had was a little bit of weed on him. That was my yeah. I mean, she explains too, like. No, he has had addiction problems since he was 14. Mm-hmm. Like anything to this kind of person is going to set you. It doesn't matter what kind of substance it is. Mm-hmm. And that's when you have to know that about yourself and say, I guess I just can't do anything because if I do one thing, it's going to lead to everything else and it's going to ruin me. Well, which shows her push to be around nurturing, caring people. Hey, you want to come see the property? I want to show you the history. Hey, come come pick gourds with us. Hey, we're going to the beach. You want to hang out? You know, play a bass solo, whatever. Yeah. Come on, hang out. You know? And um, nothing unwholesome. Nothing negative. Nothing. No, Absolutely just nothing. support. And, and, and for someone who's never experienced that. Or that And had, especially at a time like that. If she, you think about it, crazy father, addict, brother, no mother. Well, crazy addict father as well. Oh, yeah. He, yeah. Yeah, he would get, quote, religiously fucked up. So, we take a look at that. Who's always been the caretaker since mama died? Who's the one with the sensible job? Who's the one who's always cleaned up the messes? So, the the switch, the quick switch is not, again, that's just me being, well, she's being kind of a bitch. No, I, I was, I'm a fucking junkie. Uh-huh. And I'm looking at her from... Dude, he only fucking, he only had a couple of days. I mean, give him a break. Give him another day to just see if he can, you know, not, then maybe call somebody. But just cut, no, no, fuck cutting him some slack. He's been, he's been stepping on my dick since I was 10. Fuck that. Uh-huh. And especially, I mean, in that situation, now that dad's gone, it, it is just them. And you know what? Hey. Fuck you. I don't need this anymore. Mm-hmm. And so it makes more sense now. Again, I love, I love being able to not only, uh, get this movie in real time and like figure it out in real time. But it's just, just, it's so much fun. It's like, Oh wow. Cause I don't usually get to talk about it as I'm, I usually have these thoughts at home. I never get to spit them out. So sorry, everybody. Yeah, no, I mean, I, 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 
usually ask you the final question, but I think we're going to land on a, yeah, it's a pretty good movie. Yeah. Again, the more I think about it, the more I like it. Because not only did I watch it three times altogether, while we were discussing it, I rewatched it in my head a couple of times. And this movie is not only good, but it bears a rewatch. If you're, if you're just ambivalent, like I was at the beginning of the podcast, give it one more chance. Listen to this. Yeah, obviously. Hopefully you've listened to this. Yeah. I and mean, watch it again. If you heard that, you're currently doing so. So yeah. good for you. Great. Uh, and I am medicated. That's sad. Yep. Anyway. Anyway, watch it a fucking again, too. It's yeah. good. No, it, it really is. And it might be a little bit of a slow burn if you are super duper just into slashers and that's yeah. about it. Yeah, it's probably not for you. Mm-mm. But, uh, I mean, it's a very thoughtful film. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we've mentioned even just the, the cinematography is really good. I mentioned it briefly, but yeah, the way they frame the scenes... Um, the use of the contrasting light, um, the use of colors, especially, um, it's hard for me to notice facial features because I have a tough time, even on screen, to look at people in the eyes. So, like the hair color, the movements, um, all of the movement, all of the women had very, very specific ways they moved, and um, Mira's actually the way she moved changed from the beginning to the end of the movie. I mean, completely changed how. She was very tight, and she she flowed and flowed and flowed up until she was free. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and again the postures changed. Um, that was what my difficulty in discerning the the two um, the two male guys or two guys, right? Because yeah, toward the end he gets the hoodie on and is chain smoking, has kind of a beard. Yeah, yeah he he droops. His his buddy always kind of had a half ass stoop, but he droop droops like he like his has difficulty like remembering how to walk. And so then I could discern them even more. So again, all the physicality. With the amount of whiskey we saw him drink, yep, mm-hmm. he probably was having a little trouble walking. But all their physicalities changed, which made it easier for me to, A, watch their progression as characters, and B, tell them apart. But that again goes more to my brain than anything else. But whether it was thought out or not, their physicalities did change as the characters changed. Their their mannerism, everything about them changed. And uh, again, a, a great portrayal of addiction, uh, familial strife, um, uh, comfort, um, male-female problems, everything. I mean, it it puts it all in a nice little bow for you, too. It mm-hmm. doesn't give you any answers, but it says, hey, look at it. Yeah. Where you at, buddy? Where do you stand on any part of this? Anything is staying a little harder than it should have? <laughs> yeah. You know? It's just very thoughtfully made, and I really appreciate that. And again, 70 minutes, that's all it needed. That's all it needed. And I, again, I don't fault them at all for not adding, well, you know, we need to make it to 90. Let's just throw some shit in. Mm-hmm. No, fuck it. Make your 70-minute movie and make it correctly. And I think that they did that. And That I is hope, my personal opinion. I hope, 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 hope on the heels of this. Because obviously after this was made, or even while this was made, something new had been percolating. And hopefully, get this get a little money thrown at that. A little, you know, a little more sets, pay, pay for more writers or whatever. And, you know, hire somebody that they know that you know, really great actors need the job, but maybe not hired right now. You know, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Get something rolling. That'd yeah. Be I'm, nice. I, it, this is one of those, like... Uh, 
I'm going to really <clears throat> kind of keep an eye on, is she making anything new? Mm-hmm. Because I'm very excited. Her and, uh, I forgot to tell you, uh, Tyler McIntyre, yeah. uh, Tragedy Girls yeah. director, he's got something new coming out in Ooh. not too long. And I'm very excited about it. Because, man, I really like Tragedy Girls and uh, uh, Peace Work, I believe, was the name of it. Well, I've got a small confession to make. You know how I always say I'm going to be rewatching like a Joko Anwar film, or I'm going to rewatch out of all the films, out of all the series that we've watched that I have rewatched in the last week. Can you take a slight guess at what it might have been? Tragedy Girls? Nope. Oh, darn. It's all right. Psycho Gore, man. Right on the fucking nose. <laughs> yes! How the fuck did you guess, Chris? Well, because you're a fucking weirdo, and that movie's weird as shit, and it's just pure entertainment. Oh. That was just one of those movies where I was like, I'm, I'm flipping through and I'm like, okay, well, because I'm, I'm trying to pick something that I want to kind of half-ass might want to watch so that I can bring something to the table for a change. But I'm like, oh, Psycho Gorman. Fuck to the yeah. Goddamn right. Hell yeah. <laughs> movie rules. It did. I got to watch Stew in action, man. Oh, hell yeah. Fuck yeah, man. All right, well, Corpse I, in a fucking barrel. Since, since we are running about as long as this film is, hey, James, yeah. where can people find us? They can find us at horrorvomitpodcast at gmail.com. They can find us on Facebook. We also have a nice little page page. You can um, find us on all the podcatchers. Give us five stars or five words to get us on the algorithms. It really does help. It's something that you can do to help us out for free. Get the word out, and then and James the and I can too. be... Rolling in that cash. Keep rolling. Uh, oh, you weren't going to do the rolling, 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 rolling. What? No, I was going to ride in dirty. Oh, see, I prefer to go Fred Durst myself. Yeah, you know, I luckily I'm of an age where that kind of skipped past me. Oh, it shouldn't, James. You should go back. That is your homework assignment for the next week. We're not doing a movie next week. We're doing all four of the Limp Biscuit albums, baby. Um, uh... No. Yeah, you're right. We probably won't do that. The deepest I went, um, the first Korn album. But that's not Limp Biscuit. They didn't do it all for the Nookie. No. The Nookie. Yeah. You know what, James? You can take your cookie. No, I will and not. And stick it in your yeah. Mm-mm. Stick it in your yeah. No. Stick it in your yeah. Only if you keep it in the carton. And I, I, I think on those wise, wise words of Fred Durst, we can call this one. <laughs> We love you, Fred. Bye, everyone. You could see you would be terrified.